1: That's right, it's another Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. David Lee Roth, Van Halen, and Jump. Did you know that uh, this album, 1984, came out this past, oh my God, what was it? Last Sunday was the 33rd anniversary or something like that of of Jump. 1984 was an amazing year for heavy metal, by the way. Uh, So many great albums, Ride the Lightning, uh you know, Van Halen's jump uh Van Halen's nineteen eighty four. There's so many albums that came out that year. I think Iron Maiden's Power Slave, I think was another one. Um amazing, amazing stuff that came out. But this uh was the um the apex I guess of um Van Halen with David Lee Roth, right? Unbelievable album exploded onto the charts. So you had Jump, you had uh, Hot for Teacher, you had Panama, uh Drop Dead Legs, you had all these great songs. They were off their album. They did that tour, and then they were kind of they were burnt out. They just wanted to, you know, hey, let's take a break or whatever. Um, and David Lee Roth didn't want to do that. He wanted to continue touring. Uh, you know, let's get in, let's make another album, let's get going. And um, Eddie Van Halen didn't want to do that. He wanted a break. He wanted to take a, you know, listen, let's take a pause for a little bit. And uh, DLR didn't want to do that. And he decided he was going to do an EP, and there was this whole you know thing going on, and then finally it was like, listen, that's it, we're done, and they moved on, and then Sammy Hagar came in, and the rest, as they say, is history. But what an amazing album, um, Van Halen's 1984, a lot of keyboards in it, some fans weren't happy about it, um, but... What can you do? Hey, how can you follow me? Very easily. At Al Gatulo on Twitter, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T T U L O, Facebook.com slash A G Craft email at Albert G at NYC Don't forget, iTunes, Google Podcasts. You just do a search for A G Craft Beer Cast. You'll find the shows on those platforms. iHeart, Odyssey as well. Um, Hopped Up Network, of course. The good friends over at the Hopped Up Network, just head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com and you can listen to and download. Uh, This show, along with a plethora of other podcasts as well. Now, coming up in 20 minutes, Sean McNulty from Selling Craft Beer, one of those podcasts that happens to be on the Hopped Up Network. Uh, He's going to join me. Lots of beer news to talk about. We'll get into it all with Sean in just about 20 minutes from now. Celebrating the creative magic at the intersection of art and ales, Dogfish Head, uh, their off Centered art series, a yearly collection of four limited edition beers, featuring artwork by a different collaborating artist. So the brewery's featured artist for this year is Max uh, Mahan. Uh, He's a well-known printmaker and illustrator from Missoula, Montana. He kicks off the off-centered art series residency with label artwork for the brewery's all-new beer, Where the Wild Hops Are. It's a rustic, unfiltered IPA brewed with four wild-derived hop varieties. It's available nationwide on taps and shelves in six packs of 12-ounce bottles. Uh, very interesting. So bottles, not cans. Uh, tracks them down using Dogfish Head's Fish Finder. Um, Max has worked with clients of all shapes and sizes, from pizzerias and film festivals to newspapers and breweries. And his favorite, of course, is bands. Yeah, you'd know his gig posters, including My Morning Jacket, Ween, Wilco, Disco Biscuits, and a lot more. Where the Wild Hops Are, a 6.5% uh, ABV complex IPA brewed with Zappa, Amarillo, Comet, and sabro hops, blended with a touch of wild ale aged for four years in French oak barrels. It's a delicious blend of citrus meets dank, rounded out by just a bit of wild funk. That sounds pretty good. Uh, to learn more about Dogfish Head and its off-centered art series, just head over to dogfish.com. Uh, and for more on Max Mahan and his work, check out twinhomeprints.com. So uh, let's see if I can get a bottle of this. This is uh, sounds like a really good beer. And... Um, I like what Dog Fischette does. From an IPA standpoint, they make some really great uh, IPAs. Sam Calagione and his friends uh, do a wonderful job uh, of curating uh, those great IPAs. Old school IPAs. Yeah, they do hazies and stuff. And for my money, I know we're in dry January. For my money, one of the best non-alcoholic beers that they make, um, it's, a, it's a take on their uh, but this is lemon instead of lime. It's fantastic. In fact, I have to, you know what, i got to make it a point to stop at a liquor store and buy a six-pack or two of those because that's a beer that I can have sit in the fridge. If I want to do something a little different and I don't want to drink but I still want to have the taste of a beer or sort of a sour ale, that's the, that's the one that I'm looking for. That's definitely something uh, that I would enjoy. Uh, last week we talked about New York City Beer Week. I want to I just push it again because this is very important. New York City Beer Week is a great event um, that is held every year. It wasn't held last year because of COVID. And it was the last event that I went to before COVID started uh, in uh, in 2020. I mean, I've been to a few beer events since uh, in 2021, but in in 2020, that was the last event that I went to before everything got shut down. Uh, they plan to kick Beer Week off New York City Beer Week Saturday, February 26th. It'll run through Sunday, March, uh, March 6th. I believe they're holding it at the Brooklyn Expo. Still haven't gotten the confirmation on that yet. Um, again, You have to be vaccinated and boosted in order to get into the event. Um, Although, again, I'm not really sure if you have to be boosted. I know you have to be vaccinated. You have to show your vaccination card. Um, I'm not 100% sure if you can. um, I'm not exactly sure if you can uh, test uh, and get in. I'm pretty sure you have to be vaccinated. And I'm pretty sure that, uh, yeah, because in, in Brooklyn, Barclays Center, there is no testing option. You have to be vaccinated in order to get into the building. So I'm assuming they're doing the same thing uh, at the Brooklyn Expo. So you have to be vaccinated and and more than likely boosted in order to get in. As soon as we get those uh, clarifications, I'll let you know. Uh, the hashtag there is key is uh, hashtag key to NYC. Um, again, they're gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. You're gonna have some great brewers there, obviously from New York City, but the out of state brewers are really good as well. It is a fun event. There's food for purchase. There's a lot of stuff happening. And my my guess is they're going to keep it small, uh, because you don't want to overtax. You know what's going on because let's face it, by the time they hold this event, Omicron should be over with. We should be have crested the wave, uh, but who knows what new variant is going to creep up at this point, folks. We have got to learn to live with coronavirus. We're going to have to do that. We're going to have to figure out a way to live and live safely. That's the bottom line. Speaking of which, Governor Kathy Hochul. Is planning to reinstate New York's popular drinks to go program first popped up during the pandemic to help keep the bars and restaurants afloat. They allowed it to expire. Governor Cuomo and the legislature couldn't come up with it with a plan to get it done. But the state legislature let a proposed renewal, as I said, of cocktails to go lapse last June, which was a big blow to a lot of these people. People did not feel comfortable going back to restaurants. The drinks to go program was certainly working. Um. Governor Hochul said in her State of the State speech last week, Drinks to Go proved to be a critical revenue stream. She also announced a tax credit for COVID-related outdoor heating uh, heating and seating. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But Drinks to Go is going to come back in some capacity, and hopefully they make it permanent um, because this is something that is important. Now, the home delivery thing should also be permanent as well because I think that is a big benefit to people also. I know in New Jersey it is still going on until the pandemic is over and then it extends for i think 90 days or six months or whatever it is but i know that they are trying very hard in the new jersey's legislature to get that permanent because again that is a big boost to a lot of the breweries uh in new jersey that home delivery and i also think that the drinks to go is an option for people that you know listen let's face it may not you know want to go to a restaurant it's important um Coca-Cola and Constellation Brands are putting together uh, alcoholic cocktails. Uh, will make the new drink under the Fresca soda brand. Remember, get me a Fresca. A fresca. I mean, really? I don't know. This is kind of weird. Constellation CEO praised the Fresca brand for being trusted by consumers and delivering what they want. Constellation will produce and distribute the new beverage. Uh, again, there'll be alcoholic co- uh, cocktails, but it'll be the uh, under the Fresca soda brand. So it'll be interesting to see what they make there. Mayor Eric Adams says he wants to keep outdoor dining for good. Obviously, um, former Mayor Bill de Blasio made outdoor dining permanent before he left office. But uh, Adams said on an interview in CNBC uh, a week or so ago, there needs to be standards for what outdoor dining should look like. Um, You know, his issue, and it's an issue of many, they put these structures out there and then they ignore them and they don't maintain them. If you're not going to be using them, you're not going to have heaters in there. They have to be something that's collapsible that you can take out uh, in the wintertime. Um, But I agree with the mayor. A lot of parking spots were eaten up because of this. Uh, It has benefited some neighborhoods, some neighborhoods it hasn't. There needs to be a clear line as to what is outdoor dining and what is not outdoor dining uh, to help these business owners uh, as they move on. And then finally, uh, no, you know what? We're going to save this for our next break because I want to give this a little bit of a discussion. Uh, So coming up next... On the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Where are the 10 cheapest cities in the world to drink beer? You will be surprised at, in this top 10, that there are three cities that are in the United States where you can drink beer for cheap. I mean it. And they're in some pretty decent locations. Unfortunately, none in New York and New Jersey. But I will tell you all about the 10 cheapest cities in the world to drink beer coming up next on the Algatulo craft beer cast on AM 970 the answer One you got to wait for. The song is "I'll Wait from Van Halen's 1984 album. came out a, about a week ago this week in 1984. So the final album of the first uh, run of uh, David Lee Roth, Van Halen Music, 1984. Uh, it's amazing that this album uh, still endures to this day. And obviously it was a departure from previous Van Halen albums. Welcome back to the Al Tulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer a lot more heavy on the keyboards. A lot of fans were not happy about it. But it did give the DLR error some of its biggest charting. Hits of all time, Panama, Hot for Teacher, obviously Jump, big songs uh, that made, um, you know, contemporary radio airplay, pop uh, airplay on, you know, like the Z100s and things of that nature uh, back in the day. So, uh, you know, you can't fault what it did. It exploded. And then, of course, you know, after that, it was, you know, the whole internal struggle in the band afterwards, after the tour. And then 5150 comes along with Sammy Hagar and et cetera, et cetera. And the rest, as they say, is history it's a tremendous album um it, a lot of great music came out if you're a rock fan heavy metal guy in 1984 there's a lot a lot of good music maybe we'll spotlight that over the next uh, couple of weeks or so uh coming up in 10 minutes sean mcnulty from selling craft beer is going to join me lots of beer news to talk about we're going to dive into it with sean uh in just about 10 minutes from now now before the break i had mentioned about the 10 cheapest cities in the world to drink beer, right? But what's surprising, obviously this is an international list, what is surprising is that there are three American cities that rank in this top 10. Uh, but let us, go, let us go through the list, right? The first city is Buenos Aires in Argentina. The average price for a beer is about $1.62. Um, Pro- that's American dollars. Uh, in Prague, in the Czech Republic, it's about $1.85, in Mexico City, it's about $1.95. So, all right, three cities. Now, Prague, Czech Republic, I, I would be known for their beer. Interesting, very cheap. But, again, you got to remember in some of these areas, like in the Czech Republic, I'm sure that there are not very strong, strong beers. A lot of the beers that are in Europe are designed, really, to be at a low ABV so that you can drink more through, through the day. Then you've got uh, a couple of cities in Poland. Uh, at 4, 5, and 6. Krakow, Warsaw uh, uh, are 5 and 6. Roarklaw in Poland, uh, they all average about the same, uh, somewhere between $2.35 and 2 61 on the average price for a beer. Then you have Moscow is number 7, which averages just under $3 a beer. And then the final three, eight, nine, and 10, Fort Collins in Colorado, Austin, and Grand Rapids, and all at around $4 an average beer. Uh, that's pretty good. So there are four, there are three cities in this country: in Austin, Texas; in Grand Rapids, Michigan; and in Fort Collins, uh, Colorado, where you can get an average beer for around four bucks. Austin's a pretty good beer town. Grand Rapids, certainly, Michigan is is a is a good beer state. And then you got Colorado, Fort Collins, where there's a number of. Listen, isn't left hand? I believe Left Hand is in Fort Collins. So you've got a bunch of different breweries, among, among others. So you got a bunch of different breweries in those towns with the average price, 4 bucks a beer. Not bad. So there you go. There's the list. Uh, let us dive into some more news and notes. Our friends from Duclos, uh coming out with a beer that is actually going to be available in a wooden box. Listen to this. So this is only the fifth iteration of Colossus out of the 25-year existence of the brewery. It's aged in whiskey barrels. It's a hybrid strong ale, deep ruby color. Heavily malted sweetness accompanied by notes of apple and tangerine, the brew also gives off a complex smoky aroma of bourbon and vanilla. There are only 1,400 wooden boxes of this beer, each with a wood-burned unique capital letter C that's put atop each of the exclusive boxes. It is now available for a limited time at select locations in 16-ounce cans that are actually put into wooden boxes. Very cool. Let me tell you something. If I get my hands on one of these, just for the... For the novelty aspect of it, but I'm sure the beer is really good, so I have to go check that out and see if I can find a can of Colossus uh, by Duclaw. That'll be pretty cool. Uh, And as I mentioned, our good buddy Mike Miles, who used to be with Weyerbacher, he is now with Duclaw. He's their New Jersey representative, and uh, he and I um, trying to make plans to get together and sit down and have a couple of beers. Talk about um, what Duclaw is going to be bringing to New Jersey. uh, And when I talk to him, hopefully uh, we'll try and get him on the program. We'll talk a little bit about uh, DeClaw beers. Our good friends over at Untied are having their third anniversary party. It's going to take place Saturday, January 29th from noon to 11 p.m. A special anniversary beer release uh, to go along with live music will happen on that day from 7 to 10 p.m. The band that will be playing is Almost Autumn. That's our good friends at Untied uh, over in um, New Providence, New Jersey. Haven't been there in a while. Got to get back over there. Not sure if I'm going to make the anniversary party, but definitely want to get back there. Uh, to try some of their beers. Uh, Untied does a really good job. They're kind of tucked away in New Providence, but it's a nice little um, area where you can hit Untied, you can hit Twin Elephant. There's a couple of different breweries around there uh, within a short driving distance, which is really cool. But kudos to Untied. Three years in the business and going very strong. So kudos to the folks over at Untied. Lukey Brewing uh, produced 27 beers in 2021, and, the, and this year the brewery is hoping to release more than 40 beers They've uh, added a one-barrel pilot system. It's called Majestic Mary's Magnificent Malt, a roadshow menagerie. The 2022 pilot releases are brewed to inspire an awe, paying reference of uh, reverence, excuse me, to the brewery's familiar ties to the Ringling Brothers Circus and particularly to Lukey co-founder and ringmaster Jeff Smith's grandmother, Mary. Uh, so they are also going to be offering um, uh, a, a uh, Majestic Mary's Malt membership. It's an annual printed passport. Costs 30 bucks. It'll provide beer lovers with the following 10% off your tab on any beers, a free 12 or 16 ounce pour redeemable anytime. Uh, collect stamps for new releases. Receive the following 10 stamps, you get a glassware of your choice, 20 stamps, a t shirt from current merchandise offerings, 30 stamps, you get a stainless steel crawler, which includes a free fill and a dollar off of future fills, 40 stamps, uh, a name engraved on a plaque for the year. Persons with the most stamps will receive a year-end hangout with Lukey Brewers to drink beer and discuss beer sales for the following year. Uh, the Sales for that membership began on January 14th at the Lukey Taproom. First releases of Majestic Mary's Magnificent, Magnificent Malt Roadshow Menagerie will support Lukey's Hear No Evil, See No Evil, Speak No Evil public vote where guests help decide which version of their West Coast IPA will forever be set with the monkey business moniker. Kudos to our friends over at Lukey Brewing. And good luck on that. Finally, Kings and Convicts. We heard about these guys um, when they acquired Ballast Point after Constellation bought the brand for a billion dollars. Couldn't really do anything with it. So Kings and Convicts from Chicago comes in. They buy the Ballast Point brand at a, at a substantially reduced rate. Lo and behold, let's, go, let's move forward uh, to this past week where in 2015 St. Archer Brewing, uh, the founder of that beer, Josh Landon, sold his then two-year-old company to Miller Coors. Um, and they have they remained in operation at their Miramar headquarters, and they added a satellite tap room in Lucadia in 2018. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, M- Molson Coors did a big Super Bowl buy in 2020. They launched an ad talking about their ultimate light beer in Saint Archer Gold. Well, the beer flopped; business did not go so well. So after six years, Molson Coors announced this past week they sh- they shut down. St. Archer's operations, removing product from the marketplace, and they sold their pair of San Diego locations to Miramar-based Kings and Convicts Brewing, which they're brewing out of the Ballast Point um, Brewery. So um, St. Archer's Miramar Brewery, which is located on Distribution Avenue, totals 50,000 square feet. It's a 40-barrel brew house, 5-barrel pilot system, and a cellar with fermenters of varying size, topping out with a a quartet of about 400-barrel tanks. The Lucadia Tap Room, located on North Coast Highway 101, comes in at 1,200 square feet, and both will be redesigned to convey the Kings and Convicts brand. Now, we haven't heard much from Kings and Convicts except for the fact that they bought ballast point. Uh, But now they are going to be brewing Kings and Convicts beer in these tap ropes. The moment they take over, they are going to be brewing their beer. They said by day one they will uh, be—what is this? It says uh, the deal is uh, set to take—expect to close within the next two weeks— They said they will be brewing uh, Kings and Convicts beer at the Miramar facility starting on day one. Um, They were trying um, to—the reason why we haven't heard too much of them from Kings and Convicts is the fact that they were trying to get Ballast Point um, reestablished in the market as a great craft brewery. So uh, they are now going to devote their attention to Kings and Convicts and are going to be spending more time uh, in Southern California making sure that not only the Ballast Point brand is being represented well, but now kings and convicts will be there to um, you know to represent California. Remember, these guys were out of Chicago. Uh, they bought the they bought the uh, Ballast Point name, and uh, you know we're we're shifting some things. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I'm hoping that the beer is good. I am planning on a trip back out to San Diego uh, towards the end of the year, maybe during um, San Diego Beer Week. But it'll be interesting to see what happens here. But kudos to those guys. They're now going to have a, an established um, you know tap room and brewery. Uh, in which they can make their beer that I'm not transporting it from Chicago uh, so they'll be able to get it directly into the San Diego consumer's hands. That is good news. Now, when we come back after a short break, my good friend Sean McNulty from Selling Craft Beer will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. <laughs> Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter very easily, at Al Gattulo. Uh, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash agcraftbeercast. We're uh, all over iTunes, Google Podcasts, and, of course, the great Hopped Up Network. You can check us out on the Hopped Up Network on Monday mornings a few minutes after the show. You can download and listen to the podcast uh, at your leisure. And my next guest is a podcaster and host of a show. It's called Selling Craft Beer. You just leave off the G on the selling. And he is on the Hopped Up Network as well. You can check him out there. But he does a um, a, a, a little podcast that it's about six minutes or less. He calls it The Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher. He's all over the place. Check him out on Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash sellingcraftbeer. And it's funny, we haven't spoken to Sean in quite some time. And of course, as usual, on the day that we're about to talk to him to tape this show for Sunday, there is always some breaking news. So let me welcome back to the program our good friend Sean McNulty. Sean, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. I was going to start the year off with you.
1: Uh, absolutely. So, so, of course, we're about to, uh, you know, I've got all these questions that I have for you about Omicron and all this other stuff. But what happens? Monster Beverage is going to buy uh, Canarchy in an all-cash deal to get into the beer business. Uh, what can you tell me about this year, Sean?
2: Yeah, so Tanner Key is a uh, private equity-backed company. They own Oscar Blues, uh, Cigar City, Perrin, and uh, probably about seven or eight other bre- seven or eight breweries total. Um, they formed in 2015, and like a lot of private equity-backed companies, five or six years, you know, into the into the the run, they try and sell. And Monster had a check for about 330 million. So, Monster's been rumored to get into alcohol for probably the, at least the past two years, if not longer. Um, you know they've kind of had deals with like with Molson Coors and a few other conversations. Nothing's ever happened, right. but this seems to be their their move into we're going to expand what we're doing into 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 alcohol.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. They were they were talking about merging with Constellation, but apparently they decided yeah. to, the company was only going to engage in small bolt-on acquisitions. The deal expected to close in the first calendar quarter uh, of this year. And, and again, look, it's a it's a big deal that they want to jump in here. I'm wondering timing right because of covid or just you know i know you said they were rumored to have gotten into the beer business for a while but why now instead of kind of riding the wave and waiting it out maybe they could have gotten it uh, for a little less money
2: oh uh, possibly i mean you know 330 million um it's i believe about what what uh dogfish was uh sold for about right. that, a couple of years ago but uh you know not for 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 a company like Monster who does you know billions in sales, it's not like it's you know three hundred and thirty million is not as right. it's a lot of money to you and me, but it's not necessarily <laughs> a lot of money to monster. Um you know in those sectors, you know, everybody's looking for growth, you know, right. and uh, energy drinks, monsters, you know that's still the yep. big dog on on the block, but it's not exactly a growth business anymore. So all these companies are looking for you know new ways to to increase revenue and this was their their bet, and they had the right they felt it was the right price and they took
1: the deal. Right. And let's, you know, listen, let's hope that uh, it's infusing something into the business, infusing something into the business that, you know, helps the business move forward as opposed to just, hey, we're just looking for profit and we'll see what happens. And of course, Sean, 2021, certainly the year of, you know, I I I don't know. We all thought that, okay, get vaxxed, do the right thing. Things will get back to normal. In some areas of the country, we saw that in New York City, very much a different story. We saw the end of drinks to go Uh, earlier last year, and bars and restaurants were, let's just say it, they were pissed. Uh, Now Governor Hochul is bringing it back. Is this too little too late, Sean? It's nice, Um, you know, and
2: I think it's just the flexibility. I think that's the thing that every business owner has has learned is is the most important thing, is having these tools, these levers to pull, because you never know, this month it's this. You know, in March, we'll be in a way different place, you know, et cetera, et cetera, so it's not going to save a business, but again, like a month like January right now, where Mm -hmm. like, you know, now people going out and Omicron is still pretty big and it's, you know, it's freezing here in New York, certainly, Mm -hmm. you know, having this tool where people may not want to go out, but it's a still way for you to make money or interact with your customers where you don't have to come in. And, you know, so it's nice to have this kind of stuff. So I think people are a little, you know, last year was very much a, you know, intense moment for that stuff. And now it's like, okay, it's not going to be a big part of our business year round, but it's nice for us to have at certain times of the year, to get us through those months that are usually a little bit
1: later. Yeah, and I, and I wonder, because obviously this is just drinks to go, it does not include delivery uh, of alcohol, which is still going on in New Jersey and will continue to go on even after they end the emergency restrictions. It will go on beyond six months past the end of uh, the pandemic, which is actually a good thing for, for the brewers in New Jersey, and I know they're trying to make things uh, more permanent there. I, I, having talked to a couple of New York City Um, uh, brewers and owners, they want to see that delivery stuff return because it is important for them uh, to have that that revenue stream. I think that's more important so much uh, than it is like drinks to go because I think that there's a limit on the drinks to go anyway. I think it's two drinks. So, yeah, I know. I understand it gives them a little bit of extra business. Um, but not so much you know, where it puts, really puts a dent uh, on their bottom line. We're talking with Sean McDulty. He's a podcaster and host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. Gives you all the info you need to know about beer in six minutes or less. Calls it appropriately enough the Sixer. He's on iTunes, Stitcher. You can check him out on Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash sellingcraftbeer. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, so it's dry January. Lots of folks are looking to curb their consumption this month. Some, or more than some, I should say, are turning their attention to non-alcoholic beer. And I've noticed on your Instagram and and social media, you've been diving into a few. Which one of them stands out to you as a great non-boozy alternative?
2: I mean, athletics getting all the attention, you know, and rightfully so. Uh, they're the largest player in the craft beer non op space. Um, right. So, number one, that's always to go to. They, you know, they do a great direct-to-consumer to You know, shipping, uh, you can ship the right, alcohol right to the house. No problem, so that, you know, yeah, exactly. So they have a great uh, program with that. I also uh, there's a, a beer called Rescue Club, which is brewed. By, it's in, I believe, out of Vermont. Um, okay. Excellent IPA. I, I love that one. Okay. And uh, a brand called Two Roots out of uh, San Diego, Southern California. Yes. Uh, they're a little higher in calories. You know, more like the 120 count cal- They're not in the low-calorie range. But hmm. they're, right, they're West Coast IPAs. If you love a dank IPA, a hoppy IPA, yeah, they do an amazing job with that and uh, would put those top three. Right there with uh, with uh, any other uh, offering out
1: there. See to me, and I and, and Athletic Brewing sent me a bunch of stuff, and uh, some of their beers were good. Some of them were kind of just they missed the mark. I, and I don't know if it was flavor profile, what I was exactly looking for. I think there's, I, I don't think I had their stout. One of their IPAs was pretty good, and their Copper Ale was good. The rest of it was kind of hit or miss for me. I will tell you this: um, two beer I know Brooklyn Brewery got into the into the uh, non-alcoholic mm. business too. Um, but what, Sam Adams Hazy IPA was actually non-alcoholic IPA was actually not bad. It needed a little bit more, but it was something that I could drink. But the um, what, what I like to call the sequench version of the non-alcoholic IPA, yes. the true. one that Dogfish yep. came out with, is fantastic. That is, Excellent. if Excellent. you like sours, uh, that is definitely the beer from a non-alcoholic standpoint that I enjoyed a lot. Um, I, and I, I know they use the sequench base to kind of make that, that's a really good beer. The Brooklyn one is good, too. Yeah, I enjoy the Brooklyn
2: ones. Uh, but, yeah, the, the the dogfish, it's almost like a, a ginger shandy. It's like a great – yep. summertime, I was drinking a ton of that this summer. It's a perfect summer drink. Uh, again, the low in calorie – you know, I have them for lunch. Like, people are like, when are you drinking yeah. when you're at a bar? It's like, no, I drink them. When I, you know, like, what am I going to have, water? I'm like, no, I'm going to have a beer for lunch. You know, it's right, so it's just right. A nice thing to have, you know? Exactly. People think about it in a different way, you know? And as you say, when you go out sometimes – You want to hang out, but you don't want to keep drinking. you got to drive. You know, it's a nice way to have a drink but not have to, you know, go to a water or seltzer.
0: Right,
1: exactly. Now, New York City Beer Week, Sean, coming up at the end of February, February Mm 26th to be exact. I believe they're having it again at the Brooklyn Expo, though they haven't confirmed that just yet. And given that Omicron is canceling a lot of events now, and I understand, listen, we're well over a month away from the event. uh, Gut feeling, uh, do you think this event is going to go on?
2: Yeah, I'm. A, a call me an optimist, uh, but I think it's going to be. They'll be back in full effect. I think they'll be, you know, checking vaccinations and so right. forth. But uh, maybe limited capacity, you know, than previous years. But you know, you've been there every year. Oh I yeah. Think. You know, it's a lot. It's a large space, and there's even an outdoor area. They open right. the garage doors. You know, you make it a, a lucky break on a warm February day. You know, who knows?
0: Right. Um,
2: but I, yeah, I, I'm. I'm rather confident. You know, within that – that's you know six weeks away. You know, six years ago we were. You know. I'm a with that thing here. So six weeks is a long time in these days with, the, with and, this
1: stuff. And I agree with you. I think th- the smartest thing to do there would be to open up that entrance where you go out and there's that little courtyard there. Just keep that yeah. open so that you've got open airflow. And then I, I don't think it will be end up being a concern uh, for a lot of people. Um, last question from me, Sean. Kings and Convicts announced uh, uh, last week they're, they're acquiring the St. Archer brand from Molson Coors. And it's been really two years since these guys. Bought Ballast Point basically for peanuts. You're in any buzz about these guys at all? Look,
2: this is another guy who, you know, came from a, a finance background, if you will. Right. So, uh, you know, he came into the hotel business. He sold that business. He's buying up brands, you know, in the beer business. What did, what did you know, what did Caterky just do? They bought up a whole bunch of brands and right. sold them five or six years later. I'm not saying that's what he's doing, but it's a start where you buy things on the cheap, you build them up, you'd be, you know, and then you. Marketing them for sale in a few years. So, look, it's good. It's keeping, you know, I mean, St. Archer, uh, you know, he's getting the facility. He's not getting the brand. So, he right. bought the brewery. Molson Corps still owns St. Archer, which they, they're killing. So, it's really going to sit there and do nothing. Right. ballast point, you know, I still haven't seen here much in the city out in New York, Jersey. I don't know if you have, Al. No, uh, I have
1: not. I have not. I think they're just trying to reestablish the brand coach. in San Diego, which he's, is probably smart.
2: Yeah, he's making smart moves. Um, it's fine. He, You know, I, I just think it, it seems like it's his third brand. He's going to have now. He's still not making a lot in a Kingston convicts. He's really not making much beer. So they're going to make beer out of there. It's very early stages, but it seems like he's buying brands or buy, you know, going to build up brands. And then at some point, Probably exit in four, you know, four to five years if he can do it and make a, a lot of money at it. But, you know, we'll see. He's, he's an affable guy. He loves the beer
1: business, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, we, we we will definitely see. My guest has been Sean McNulty. He's a podcaster host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. He gives you all the info you need to know about beer in six minutes or less. He calls it The Sixer. He's on iTunes, Stitcher. He's all over the place. Check him out on uh, Instagram at Sell Craft Beer or Facebook.com slash Selling Craft Beer. Sean, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciated.
2: Always a pleasure, Ralph.
1: Thank you, my friend. Up next, it's time for suds and duds on the algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Final segment of the Alga Tulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, a little Ingve Malmsteen's Rising Force. This is, God, was this his second album or third album? I can never remember. I think it was his second album. I'll See the Light Tonight, uh, Jeff Scott Soto uh, doing the lead vocals on that. So, good stuff. That was, I think, my probably my favorite Ingve album. And I I seem to recall, I think I saw Ingve once at Lemore's. Great one unbelievable guitarist, you know, speed guitarist, metal guitarist. You've never seen ingvay uh and he I don't even know if he's touring or not anymore or whatever, but if he is, go see him. You might be uh, you might be quite impressed. Anyway, just uh was in the mood for a little old school uh, heavy metal. I heard Man of War the other day too on Sirius XM for the first time in a very, very long time. Um I think Jim Florentine was playing it on his Metal Midget show. Another band, Man of War, that's just unbelievable from a from a heavy metal standpoint. What a voice. What a – what a – what it's just an insane band in pelts and short. You know, the, the, whatever, the whole caveman thing is phenomenal. Anyway, I keep thinking of uh, Captain Caveman or whatever. I don't know. Anyway, final segment of the program, of course, as always, is Suds and Duds. Um, we've got a bunch of beers backlogged from, uh, you know, the new year because obviously – Uh, a couple of the shows I had uh, put in the can uh, beforehand because I was off for uh, an extended period of time. But let's dive in. El Muchador uh, by Bolero Snort. Uh, Some serious heat right off the bat. Fades after a moment or so. The cinnamon off the nose. Get the cocoa. Not so much the vanilla. A delicious beer if you like beers with heat because, again, that heat hits you and it kind of backs off a little bit. And by the way... uh, Congrats to Bolero Snort. They are open as a brew- as a brewery, and not as you know a company, but as a brewery, having their home base in Kralstadt. Two years now, uh, they celebrated their anniversary over the weekend. Including Icarus, celebrated their anniversary as well. It's five years for Icarus, um, and they're going to be moving uh, from Lakewood to uh, Brick uh, very soon. I know they've gotten some construction started uh, on the building, and um, I think the plan is to be open fourth quarter of this year. Um, So we'll see what happens there. But uh, Bolero, it's great that they finally have a tap room. It's a great little tap room. It's not huge by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it is a nice place to go and sit and drink beer just in the shadow of the Meadowlands and uh, could not be more thrilled uh, for the boys at Bolero. It is just, uh, it's awesome. Now, if you get a couple playoff teams in there, the football teams, eh, maybe you got something there, but that's not Bolero's problem. That's the Giants and Jets problem. Ritual Colors by Foreign Objects, a solid double dry hop IPA. Delicious. They just reopened their uh, tasting room up in, uh, in New York. Uh, definitely something to check out. Might have to take a ride up there one of these days. I'm, I'm trying to do something uh, when the weather is not oppressively cold. Take a ride up District 96, kind of, you know, hit, hit these couple places. Um, you know, check out the beers and uh, what's going on and how they do things up in New York state Braxton ale by source got a can of this from the boys at source Uh, I'm really enjoying this batch more than I did the last one a lot more fruit slight spiciness maybe um, I didn't open that Braxton ale the first one you know right away and maybe that the the fruit was a little muted but in this one a lot more fruit in this one a delicious um, sipping beer to kind of you know enjoy the night that's one of those you pour in the glass and you let it go for a little bit uh, and enjoy it over a over a period of time now, transgression culture, honey friend Japan, Imperial stop by foreign objects. Oh my goodness. Sweet Christmas. This is fabulous. Deep, dark, delicious. Now I say sweet Christmas. If you're a comic book fan, you know that's uh a Luke Cage Powerman uh reference. I-, I was watching the Netflix series. I-, I you know when they canceled all those series on Netflix, I sort of stopped watching them uh and uh got stuck like right after the Defenders, I just stopped watching uh, all of it because they had canceled it, but now I'm starting to watch them again because there's a possibility that some of those series may be coming back and going to Disney Plus, which would be really, really cool. So again, uh, this one, Transgression Culture, um, th- like it has that like that almond paste kind of um, cookie, uh, Italian cookie kind of taste. A delicious beer. It's strong, but a delicious beer. Great stuff from the guys at Foreign Objects. Um, and then I had forgot while I was home. I had bottles from Wild East sitting in my refrigerator. If you have not been to Wild East in Brooklyn, I encourage you to go. They make great traditional beers. This is not If you're an IPA uh, kind of person, this is not your place. But if you are a pilsner, lager, uh, Cezanne, uh, if you're those types of beers, wild fermented beers, you're the, if you're that type of beer lover, then this is the place to go to. Great place. And there's a bunch of breweries within the area there. Um, so it's definitely one of those destination spots. Park, uh, you can walk around, hit Wild East, hit three threes. Um, I forget, Finback? I think Finback is up the street. There's a bunch of different places. So it's definitely worth the trip. This is not just the only place that's there, but this is the place where I'd kind of just, I'd get a sandwich or something, sit down, and I'd enjoy myself for a couple of hours in there. Um, uh, Ethereal, uh, the um I'm convinced, as I wrote on Untapped, you can follow me there, at Catulo. I wrote, I'm convinced that everything these guys make is magic. A beautiful dry saison, kiss of honey to give it just enough sweetness without being clawing a delicious, delicious beer in the bottle. Then I had a bottle from Twin Elephant that I bought about a month or so ago, probably early November, early maybe late November, early December, the transient effects of light on water, Um, a banging boozy sour that reminds me, this is where it put me when I was drinking this. It reminded me of sitting on a warm beach in the tropics. They were using kumquats in this for the sweetness, but it gave off this kind of uh, pineapple kind of flavor that reminded me of drinking like just having a tropical drink on the beach, like sipping not so much a Mai Tai, but just that that pineapple flavor. Um, It was really, really good. I really enjoyed that bottle wholeheartedly. And then our good friends at Paragon Tap and Table, uh, what they did on January 1st, they do a stout day, so they replace all their taps with stouts. Uh, a couple of buddies of mine, we went up there, we trying their new uh, brunch menu, which is fantastic, by the way. If you like steak and eggs, oh my goodness, go there for brunch on Sundays, you will not be disappointed. Exit 135 in beautiful Clark, New Jersey. You will not be disappointed at Paragon Tap and Table. Anyway, um, so what went with a couple guys, we did a couple of flights. First up, Heavy Crown by Torch and Crown Brewing. I'm so thrilled that Torch and Crown is in New Jersey now because now I can get their beer when I want. And yes, I'm right by the, you know, I can pick it up right by the Holland Tunnel and get it fresh from the brewery. But it's nice that it's in Jersey and near me that I can actually have it. So I had their Heavy Crown, dark, rich, delicious, a banging beer. So much so that I bought a can of it over at Nosvino, which I'm going to enjoy. Hopefully, I'm enjoying it this weekend. If not, it'll be next weekend for sure because it's a delicious, delicious stout, strong. Death by Coconut, the rum barrel aged uh, version by Oscar Blues. A lot of rum, decent coconut. I felt like I wrote here it should have sat in a barrel more. I should revise that a little bit. Maybe they should have pulled it out of the barrel sooner. Um, I felt like it was just a lot of rum and a little bit of beer. Like that's how I felt. Uh, I, I, it's one of those things where I think sometimes people put too much of something into in something. And it's it's one of those things where sometimes less is more. If I want to taste that much rum, I'm going to get a rum drink. And sometimes that happens. What can I say? Nitro KBS. This is a KBS on nitro from Founders. Oh, my God. Smooth, creamy, delicious. I could have had another glass of that. It was so good. Treats of Strength by Icarus. I've had this before. I'm so glad to see it on tap at Paragon. So good. It's such a great beer. It's got that hazelnut uh, dark flavor that makes you want to sip it slow. Sunday Brunch by Kane. What a great porter, full of flavor. Again, I know people are fans of Kane's IPAs. I think Kane's best wheelhouse type of beers are their stouts, their porters, their Belgian types of beers. Those are the beers they make great. Their IPAs are good, you know, okay, but they're definitely not beers that I gravitate to uh, when I go to Kane. I want deep, dark, and delicious. That's how I look at it. After Image by Grimm. Great double dry hop IPA uh, by the folks at Grimm. Excellent beer. Loved it. And then a Storm Surge uh, by Jersey Cyclone. Um, this one was thin. It needed more flavor. That's what I felt like. And I know it was, a you know, I'm, I believe the Storm Surge is a porter, and I know it's not supposed to be as heavy as a stout, but I definitely think it could have uh, served itself by being just a little bit uh, more tasty. And then finally, the last two beers, which I actually had on New Year's Eve, um, Hummingbird Cake by Source. This is a banging stout. In fact, so much so they had another bottle when I went last week, and I ended up buying another bottle. Not too much sweetness in this. You get the sweet, but not too much. Banana flavor, rich. Uh, they did a they did a uh, they did a pairing with a cake from uh, Confections of a Rockstar. Uh, after this traditional Jamaican treat, it went perfectly. Little hint of pineapple in the cake, and very banana nut flavored. Loved it. It was so good. Cannot wait to have the other bottle as well. And then they came out with source with a Happy New Year beer. Uh, a triple uh, milkshake IPA, super smooth for 11%, big, juicy flavor. Was great to sip on this before midnight on New Year's Eve. Very much enjoyed it. L- listen, like I said, Source has been a sponsor for the last two years. They do a great job on their beers. If I didn't think they did a great job, I would not be sitting here telling you that. Go check them out over on Route 34 in beautiful Colts Neck, New Jersey, or try them in Fishtown in Philadelphia. They got food down there, great menu. And doing a fabulous job down there. You see Ed, tell him I'll send you. Fantastic place, love it. Those guys are awesome. Cannot say enough good things about them, folks. We are out of time. My thanks to everybody involved in the program, including my guest Sean McNulty from Selling Craft Beer. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The Answer.
0: Cheers, everybody